You are listening to Mastering Law, the podcast, and we have a great one for you today. I'm Tom Goolsby, your host, and this one is all about maximizing the best source of your referrals, and they are most definitely at least a quarter, if not half or more, of the cases you get in the standard attorney's office are from other attorneys. Now, what do you do to maximize the return of those kinds of referrals? How do you get more and more of them and see them just pouring in constantly? Because there's really no referral source better than a respected attorney sending a client over to you. Most of the time, the minute another attorney says, hey, to one of their clients or to someone who has sought their opinion, a friend, a family member, an acquaintance, somebody from church, the country club, the golf course, wherever it might be, or just the coffee shop who walks up and says, excuse me, are you an attorney? I have this problem. Can you help me? No, I can't. But my friend Tom Goolsby can. He's great in those cases. What is better than that kind of referral? And so much of the time, the problem is you're not asking for those. And think about your own practice when you've had somebody step out of their comfort zone, ask you for referrals, send you a letter, and lo and behold, you get their postcard that day and somebody asks for that kind of service. And you're because they're top of mind, you send the person over. Now, maybe if you thought about it a little more, maybe you knew somebody from law school or somewhere else that could have done equally as good a job, but they're the one asking for it. They're the one who you think of. And Let's talk about a really good method for you to set this up to where it's a constant source of referrals. It's constantly working for you. First off, let's think about the kind of attorneys that are going to be the best to actually refer cases to you, no matter what you, maybe you're a family law attorney, maybe you're a criminal defense, maybe you're a corporate attorney, whatever it is you might do, you want to start with attorneys with whom you don't have any direct competition. Okay, folks that are the best of your possible referral sources would be people in practices where they come across folks like your area. And for instance, mine. Okay, let's let's pick personal injury, family law attorneys, great people for me to look to Uh, folks who have large workers comp practices. You know, they don't always do personal injury work. Uh, They they uh, in criminal work, probably not at all. A Social Security disability, that's another good one. People who do corporate work. I mean, I have gotten in my criminal practice great referrals from corporate attorneys for big corporate clients who get in serious criminal trouble. So again, think about those people. Those are your first to start focusing on. So now that we've sort of identified the best referral sources, which are attorneys, first and foremost in non-competing areas. Now, I'm telling you another, again, when you do two or three different things and you've got people who maybe you do personal injury and family law, and maybe you know somebody else who does personal injury and criminal defense. Well, don't write them off. I mean, they may have a criminal case. They'll refer to you, even though you both do those kinds of cases because they might have a conflict or They might get two people in who are both in trouble and they need someone to bring in to work with them on that case. You know, you got two co-defendants. The same with 
Maybe you've got a complication where you have a driver of an automobile who may be alleged at partially being at fault and another person who's riding with them. You might also have the same kind of situation. So what you're going to have to do in those cases is, again, be ready to make those referrals yourself and at the same time expect people to be able to turn around and make those referrals back to you. So let's identify the right people. The next thing you got to do after you identify them is you've got to contact them. You've got to literally go out there and let them know you're interested in referrals. I mean, that's, again, the crazy thing. If you're not asking, you're not going to be getting most of the time. And particularly if you do get and you don't follow up and thank people, you just think you deserve it. Well, that, that again, is a whole nother problem that you're creating for yourself. So let's talk about getting out there and actually advertising the fact that you want referrals from people. Now, many of us are offered the opportunities to join like I was early on. I had a really good case just a few years out of law school, 20-something years ago, and it was a multi-million dollar case. I got a, an invitation to become a member of the million or the multi-million at one point uh, dollar advocates forum. I got that offer. Well, it cost a few hundred bucks. I joined it and it gave me a little accolade. It gave me a website where they'd publish my name. It gave me the ability to advertise that stuff and I mean any number of other things. So those types of things are great. Also, when you, when you resolve, if you're a personal injury lawyer, a big case, of course, it's great to turn around and make sure that that verdict is published like we do in our local uh, Lawyers Weekly in North Carolina. There are other sources to be able to do those things. And of course, when you get rankings and accolades, all those things are great to put up on your website, great to put up on your Facebook page, your Twitter, those types of things. And also, if it's allowed by your state bar to put on your stationery, I actually do it with a proper disclaimer. Uh, I, I was forewarned about that. So all those things are important to make sure that you get out there and you really establish yourself as an expert and you establish yourself as a specialist in those areas. Now, again, if you've gotten specialties, if you have specialties that are recognized by your bar, that's wonderful too. But going out, letting other people know, you know, look, I just settled this big tractor-trailer underride case for a multi-million dollar verdict, or it was a really great thing. It was a, it was a, a, a verdict that, or a, a settlement that was confidential. I can't really tell you about the settlement, but it was great. Here's the facts. Here's what we did. Here's the specialist we used. Here's the accident reconstruction experts, a whole thing. And again, this is going to come into play later as to how you keep reaching out and having contact with the people that you want to refer cases to you, updating them on the cases that you've handled successfully or the cases that you tried out. Or if you're a family law person and you've resolved a multi-million dollar estate, then you might not be able to use their names, but you can use some of the tricks that you employed in order to make that happen. Maybe the, the economic expert that you used, or the expert in this area or that area. Any number of things you can do to toot your own horn in the area in which you are expertise, not in an attempt to in any way act like you're the best thing there was, but to show legitimately that you have a skill set in this area and that you can really help people. Because again, last thing you want 
to do is refer somebody over to a bum, to somebody that's not the best person for your friend from college, for your wife's uh, niece, I mean, whatever, your niece too, whatever it might be. You, you want to make sure that the person you ran into the coffee shop that you referred the attorney to, doesn't. you don't run into them two months later that said, why'd you refer me to that bum? So again, establishing your own kudos so that when you do ask people for referrals, they understand you're the best person they could send them to is so important. Now, this is something that I do every few years. Uh, I update it after I did it for the first time, and this becomes gold for you. Go online. One of the best places to do is do the yellow pages online because in my area, they're in alphabetical order. And what I do is I go the online yellow pages, which is easier because I can, I can literally print out a page for each attorney. And I'll go through. And again, you can, you can identify in the practice areas that you want. You can just start A through Z, which is what I do. And I do five to 10 a day until I go through that list and call it and get me a beautiful list. And here's the method that I use first. Now, you can do it in any number of ways. You can send out initially a letter that simply says, hey, you know, I'm looking to find folks that I can refer cases to in areas in which I don't practice. I'd like to set up a time to sit down with you and talk about what you do, find out how I can help you. You know, just a, a nice little letter. In fact, we're going to put a sample letter in with this podcast uh, in the notes, in the show notes, so you can actually see the kind of letter that we're talking about. But you want to introduce yourself. You want to talk about getting together with another person, learning about their market, who it is they target, and then how you can help each other. And, you know, you just want to start establishing a little bit of rapport to this person. Now, the way I do it, because I have a local radio show, and again, you can have just a podcast where you interview attorneys, but my letter is, is a little bit, it's an even better twist on this, because my letter starts off with, I want to refer cases to you. I do a, radio, a local radio show you might have heard, and I'm always looking for good attorneys to refer my listeners to. I get a lot of calls in areas that do not uh, that are not my practice area, and I want to be able to refer folks to good people. And even when they are in my areas of criminal defense and personal injury, I have you know conflicts that rule me out. In addition to that, I also have travel limitations that I don't. So I need folks both in my own area, in two areas, and in all the other areas of the law to refer people to. Also, would you be interested in being on my radio show? Uh, and regardless, would you fill out the card that I've included? And I have a little postcard that I already have set up with the name that I've pre-filled out, their name. Then I ask for their nickname because I want to make sure I call them by the right name. I go by Tom and not Thomas. I don't want to call somebody named John when they go by Johnny. I don't want to refer to them in the, in the real formal name. And then I also have make sure I have the right address. I haven't put the, the an updated address in there. Uh, their phone number, particularly their cell, which I say I don't share with other people. And I also ask for their three top practice areas, which is really helpful because when I do other follow-ups, I know what they're interested in. 
and I have that in priority of what they want to do first, second, and third. Some people just do one area. Some just really have two like me. Others have three or more, but ask them to give me the top three areas. And that then sort of sets the tone for me. I'm already making them an offer. Now, at the, in the very last paragraph, I do mention that, you know, my two practice areas are personal injury and criminal defense. I love working with other attorneys. Some states, as I understand it, you can actually pay referral fees. Our state, North Carolina, is not that way. You cannot pay referral fees. You can only compensate attorneys for the work that they do with you in a case. You can't give somebody a fee just for referring a case to you, but you can include them in the case and you can pay them fairly for the amount of work that they do with you. And that again allows you to include them. So I make sure to say that I'm happy to take your referrals and I'm also happy to work with you and generously compensate you for the amount of work you do in a matter in accordance with our state bar rules. And then I go on to say that, you know, I'm a litigator. I love to litigate cases. I don't back down from those things, that kind of stuff. And then I end the, end the letter with a nice personal signature, not something that's simply Xerox. And again, it's a personalized letter that we mail merge. And I send out a few of those a day and update my list. Now, let me tell you, when I get those cards back, and if I don't get the card back, and one thing that I found, okay, when you send this letter out, say you send out four or five a day, and you've identified a good hundred, you need to identify a good 100 people in your area. And most folks listening, unless you live in a little town, it blows my mind in the area where I live. When I first started practicing law here, there were less, there were around 200 lawyers. They're now over 700 by last count, 761. If you live in a huge city, of course, there are thousands of lawyers. So what do you do? You go through your list and you hone it down to the people you think are going to be the absolute best for referrals. Maybe they're folks you know you went to law school with. Maybe you're culling it through a lot of different filters. Maybe you only want graduates from your law school. And your twist is going to be, hey, I'm involved with the Alumni Association. You know, hope you make it to our, our next meeting on such and such a day. By the way, I'm always looking for referrals from, you know, graduates from Duke or Harvard or Carolina, wherever it might be. Uh, can we get together and talk about this? There's any number of ways you can put your own twist on this. But what you want to do is you want to send out your letter and then set up a time to sit down with this person, to take them to lunch, to do whatever. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. But you want to start sending the letters out. And again, this is my own twist on things. I like to send a postcard with it so that they can show interest by simply filling out a pre-posted postcard, put a little bit of personal information in, what their practice areas and all are, and get that back to me. That then allows me to take my database and update, because I already have one, but update their latest address, make sure I have the right nickname that they go by. And again, some female lawyers, of course, and they get divorced, they, they go back to their maiden name, or they, they get remarried, they get a new name. You want to make sure you fix that. Nobody likes being addressed by the wrong name. And same with the cell phone numbers, so I can text people and get up with them if I'm trying to meet them for lunch, or I've got a great case to refer to them. 
I just want to get up with them, make sure I have the latest email address, the latest address if they changed firms, and then know what their practice areas are. That's invaluable. And again, you need to be sending out you know, a, a few letters a day or just have two days a week. Again, we talk about batching things, maybe just one day, and you knock out 10 in a day. But you want to keep on it. You want to do so many a week. Don't try to do all of them at once. Don't overburden your staff. Hey, for the next four days, we're going to mail out 400 of these letters. First off, if you're doing this right, here's what you're doing. You're getting the letters prepared. Your staff is saying, okay, here's the four names we're sending out today or the 10 we're doing this week. And you get on the phone, whether you're driving into work, you're going home, you're walking to lunch, whatever, and you make it a point to go through your list, call up the office of every one of these people. Hey, can I speak to Jim Smith? If he's not available, I'll take his voicemail. Do that when you talk to the paralegal who answers the phone. Oh, sure, sir. He's, a, he's in deposition. He's in court. He's not here. He's on vacation. Let me put you on his voicemail. That's the easiest because it saves you the most time. Then, Jim, this is Tom Goolsby. Just sent you a letter today about working with you on referrals. I wanted to see your practice areas, or I've got my list. I know what you do. I wanted to see about getting together with you, talking about the kind of businesses that we're in, how we might be able to work with each other. Let me know when you're free for coffee, 910-262-7401. Let them know the letter's coming. Give them a heads up so that when it gets there, they go, oh, yeah, that's that guy that called me the other day. And look, he's got a little card in here. I'll fill that out. He sounded like a nice enough fella. You'll be amazed. I mean, I've, I've sent those letters and cards out for years People really do respond to those. I mean, who doesn't want more business? Who doesn't want to have you refer people to them? And again, I would urge you that the psychology of all of this is people always are more concerned about their needs rather than your needs. And Maslow's hierarchy of needs, of course, I mean, we, we're always concerned first and foremost about ourselves. And when we focus on other people's needs, like you're going to be doing in this, so that they can focus on their own, well, of course they're going to. Why would they not? What harm is it? It takes two seconds to fill out a card and let somebody know you practice in family law, uh, corporate law, and, and one other area, and pop it in the mail to them. It doesn't obligate you to anything. It's just being a reasonable person. They went to the trouble to send you a letter and send you a postcard. Why not fill it out? So knock that out and build yourself up a great list. Shoot originally for a hundred. If you can, like me, get up to four or five hundred, even better. And again, it just takes, as we talk about over and over again, a little bit of time on your part, dedicating yourself to making this happen. That's all it takes is just you putting a little time into it every single week. Now, after your letter goes out and you know that it's reached that person, so you give them a call letting them know it's coming. You then let it get there and perhaps you wait for the card to get back. If you're mailing the card, you don't have to. That's just my little twist on it. But particularly if you do get the card back, those are the ones you immediately call back and say, hey, I got your card. Thanks so much. Wanted to see when you might have a chance. Now, you live on which side of town? Your office is where? Well, hey, there's a coffee shop near so-and-so. What if I, you got time maybe uh, next week, this week? mid-afternoon, morning, want some lunch, whatever it might be. And again, you know, if it's just coffee, uh, that's even easier. If it's just lunch, that's great. And 
again, set aside 15, 20 minutes for coffee, uh, 30 minutes, an hour for lunch. You know, don't make it too complicated on yourself. We all have to eat, and we all like to take a break during the middle of the day and get a little coffee. And if you make it nothing more than that, it's going to be so much easier to get folks to set these kinds of things up. Now, there are all sorts of methods for getting this meeting set up. You can have your assistant call their assistant on and on. I just prefer to do it myself. The other thing I prefer to do is to give out, now particularly if they send you the card back and you have their cell number, that's even better because you can, in fact, text them. I mean, so many of us would much rather receive a text than a phone call and having it just takes up so much more time. If you can do that, all the better. But I do truly believe that it's important for you to make this happen yourself. I, I don't like staff people. I, I, it it bugged the hell out of me. If I get a call from some paralegal from somebody else's office wanting to set up lunch for him, I don't appreciate that. If, if you're a fellow lawyer, you call me. Don't have a staff person call me. Now, if it's a staff-to-staff -staff thing and they're working on it together, but that's not that's a lot easier said than done. I typically want to get contacted. And what I love so much about those little cards is I got everything there. I ask for their email. I ask, and I'll make sure to post my card also so you can see that. That'll be uh, also put up under the, sh the uh, show comments and information. Now, let's talk about how many of these meetings you actually want to try to set up a month. I I've done it before where I've driven myself crazy and it's just painful. Let's not do that. Let's let's try to get, I, I don't know, say four, four to five, um, seven or eight at the most every month where you actually sit down with people, talk to them, and find out who they are and see if there's somebody that you feel comfortable first referring cases to and you feel comfortable taking clients from them. And of course, the whole thing is everything about the law I've found over the years is about relationship. If your number one goal at any of these meetings is to get business for you, it's going to fail. It's going to fail if that's the gist of your letter. It's going to fail if, if all you talk about is you. When you set up these meetings, you really want to get to know that person. Because we, we've talked about this before in other podcasts, but people do business with people they like and people they trust. Hopefully you've started building that trust up with your letters and your accolade, accolades and all the things that you've done, and you'll continue to do that. We'll talk about that in a minute. It's going to be the kind of follow-up that you do. But when you first sit down with them, you, you want to be a likable person. And the best way I have found, and, and I think anybody from Zig Ziglar to... I mean, you name it, they're all going to tell you that the best way to impress somebody is to sit down and be interested in them because we are all our favorite person. And the more we get to talk about our favorite person, the better we feel and the better we feel about the people that we're around. It is really, really interesting. So first kind of things you want to ask is, Hey, man, where'd you go to law school? How long have you been practicing? Uh, you know, what do you like to do? What's your favorite area of the law? You know, and, and, and then tell me about your family. How many children you have? You know, where do they go to school? I mean, everything you can think of just to be a conversationalist and ask about them. 
And then you want to delve into a few things like, you know, where where's the most interesting part of your practice? What do you think is the toughest about practice? You know, my areas, you know, dealing with clients or staff or, I mean, whatever it might be. See where the conversation goes, but continue to find out and to have your questions truly directed, not at at issues about yourself, but issues about them. See what they're interested in. And of course, if you've got areas of common interest, whether it's sports teams or whether it's the, the undergraduate school you went to or friend, mutual friends you have, whatever it is, you know, talk about those things and build a rapport. Don't stay, though, totally off the whole reason that you're getting together because you do want to find from the person you know, like, what, who is their typical client? Where do they get their typical clients from? How long have they been in practice? Where are they looking to grow their practice? And this I learned from Bob Berg in his book, Endless Referrals, and this is the best one. You always want to ask this question wherever you are, whenever you meet anybody that's in business, whether you're sitting there talking to a realtor, whether you're sitting there talking to uh, somebody who owns uh, a catering service, whatever it might be, always, how would I know if someone would be a great client for you? That's the killer question. Because what does that say in and of itself? It says, first, you care about who? Them. And you want to know who is the best client for them. How would I know if someone would be a client for you, a great client for you. And of course, mine would be they have lots of problems, they're always in trouble, and they're fun to be around. Uh, that was the answer that, if you saw the movie The People versus Larry Flint, that's what the Woody, Woody Harrelson playing Larry Flint said um, to his attorney who was complaining about him and all stressed out. And he said, look, I'm the perfect client. I'm always in trouble, I've got lots of money, and I'm fun to be around. That's what I want. <laughs> but, but who knows what kind of answer you'll get. Now, after you have your time, and again, be cognizant of their time. You know, a, a lot of us are very, very busy. I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast would like a few more minutes in their day, so don't take up too much time. I mean, again, and it's easy to see when, when people are running short of time. Be cognizant of that because you do want to be able to follow up later, go out again, have them say, oh yeah, that was a good time. I enjoyed drinking coffee with that guy. He's really interesting. Now, this is the other thing that you want to do that really that, that really brings you in as somebody who's a player and not just some clown sending out letters, you know, meeting for coffee, talking for a few minutes and wasting uh, you know, some time in the middle of someone's day. What you want to do after the meeting is, of course, follow up maybe first with a nice text message. You know, 10, 15 minutes after, dear Jim, or just Jim, you know, really enjoyed having coffee with you, look forward to working with you in the future, and then maybe something about, you know, hope those Bronx win this weekend. Whatever it was that was, uh, you know, a little off the mark, uh, might be something a little, uh, a little inside joke that you guys have developed, something that really shows your rapport. All the best, Tom Goolsby. Boom. Now, what happened with that? Well, You've reached out and touched them. They're like, oh yeah, you just did, you just went in one ear and out the other. And they also have your number that they can put in your phone if they've not already done so. 
How do you get their cell number? Any number of ways. You can, in fact, ask for it. Uh, hopefully, if you use the kind of card that I use, you already have their cell number, which is real helpful and a wonderful way to make sure that when you do have a client to refer to them, Jim just referred Joe Smith to you. He's got a, a divorce issue or an equitable distribution issue. I told him you were the best. Tom Goolsby. Boom. Okay. Having those cell uh, numbers is great for locking that in. Nothing like the written word, nothing like a text that somebody can see. And they're like, damn, that guy has referred me five cases. I got a, that law of reciprocity will kick in at some point and they'll feel like they've got to do something nice for you. Now, after you've sent that initial text message, what you should do either that same evening or at least the next day is send a follow-up email to them. Again, thanking them, uh, you know, appreciating their time, uh, reminding them again, you know, that uh, you want to uh, make sure that you do everything you can to send them over anybody. Just, again, a nice thank you note, uh, email-wise. Then, a couple of days after that, you want to make sure you have arrived a handwritten note. Now, there's lots of good things you can do. You can go out and buy yourself some embossed uh, postcards. You can you can buy yourself some nice stationery. I actually went out because I didn't want to go and print stationery, so I actually had one of these, and I'm actually pulling it out of the drawer. It is one of these embossers. It's, a st it's one of these things that literally imprints into the paper. I think it cost me 30, 40 bucks. I bought some decent uh, 8.5 by 11 paper. I had it cut uh, down the, the, uh, the, the middle, and I'm talking to where the 8.5 by 11 actually ended up being 8.5 by uh, 5.5. So I, I had nice stationery, and I got envelopes to match it that I could also emboss. And I write these beautiful little notes with a blue pen. You know, Jim, enjoyed hanging out with you. Look forward to working with you. Please let me know. You know, whatever it is, go Bronx. I mean, whatever the note is, I want to make sure I follow up with that in, you know, a few days. I mean, before, at least before the week is out. Then, now that I've gotten the meeting that I've had, I've, got, I've gotten this person's text. I've got their cell phone number so I can text them, cell phone number so I can call them. I have their email address. I have their mailing address. I want to set up a schedule for going through and once every, I would say, six weeks or so, I want to have a reason to reach out and touch them. I know now what their practice areas are. I have their email address. I can take everybody who's in family law, okay, and I can look for, and again, I can have my staff look for, I want to find some interesting family law issue. I might look in my Lawyers Weekly. I might find something in a local newspaper, in a bar publication, whatever it is. I want to find some interesting issue in family law. And I want to reach out to all those people once every six weeks and just share that with them. I can do that through an email. I can do that through my own publication. I could actually mail off a, 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 my own printed newsletter. You want to talk about the impact. Now, email has a much limited impact these days because we get so much of it and we don't pay attention to a lot of it. It just goes in, into the delete box or 
it's it's even it's marked as spam when it comes in and nobody ever sees it. If you want to really go up to the next level, what you do is you go out and you put together a little newsletter and you fire that off. Or you can actually use your little your little notes again, your little handwritten notes, and you can have a copy of whatever it is that you thought was interesting. I mean, years ago, I used to I have several people who always impressed me, and a couple of them have passed on by now, but whenever there was anything with my name in it or anything in an area they knew I was interested in, they would clip it out of the paper, and they would put a little note with it and send it off to me. You can do that, too. I mean, it can be nothing more than a little handwritten note that says, thinking of you, saw this, great job, or thought you would find this interesting. And all you do is cut something out of the Wall Street Journal, have your staff make eight copies of it, pin that down, and fire it off. Think about this. You say, gosh, Tom, this is all a lot of work. Why in the world would I do this? I can tell you, I, I can give you instance after instance after instance. I think of two that come to mind. Both of them $50,000 cases, federal criminal cases. That was my standard fee at the time to handle a plea in federal court. It's gone up since then. But I had two individuals who I had worked on for years. And within the course, and, and, I, and, and it just goes to show you too, when you do these things and you start wondering, one person I had referred cases to for probably eight years and had received nothing back. And I had remembered a few months prior, I thought, should I just stop? I'm getting nothing from this guy. And all of a sudden, I get a call. So-and-so told me to call you. He said, you could help me with this federal criminal problem. It was a $50,000 case. It paid back every amount of effort I'd ever put into building that relationship and sending out the letters. And it wasn't six months later that another person I hadn't done this with nearly as long, also who I had concentrated on and had identified, sent me a $50,000 federal criminal case that dealt with an issue out of country. The person was out of the country, but they had been committing crimes in the U.S. and had been extradited back to the U.S. <clears throat> and it was, uh, again, a, a well-paying case, all because I had set up my own little referral system and I had referred one of the person, one person, a lot of cases, the other person I hadn't referred anything to. I just made a relationship and kept it through doing what? It's just like when you plant seeds. If you plant seeds in the soil and you don't water them, and you don't fertilize them, and you don't see that they get sunlight and keep the weeds away, they may still produce something. But man, if you put a seed in the ground, and you water it, and you fertilize it, and you protect it, and you see that it gets sunlight, not too much, you don't want to run people off because you bug the hell out of them, but just enough, it is amazing what those seeds will grow into. Sometimes they grow into gigantic oak trees that produce thousands of pounds of acorns, or maybe a better example would be a pecan tree. Thousands of pounds, hundreds of pounds of pecans every year. <coughs> so again, you, you want to make sure that you follow up. You want to set yourself up a calendar of events. Something reasonable that you can do. 
And again, just touch base with them. Call them up. I mean, every four to six months, try to get back together with them. Uh, remember their birthday. You know, and if you don't know their birthday, and again, I don't ask that on a card. Here's what I do. After I have my meeting and there's somebody that I'm really interested in and I realize they can help me, and, and most people can, and they're, diff they're different people at different levels. In fact, you might give them a, a one, two, three rating. I, have, I, I do this. If there's somebody who you think is a prime referral source, they're a one. They go to the top. They get the most of your attention. Then you've got two that are, that are possible and, you know, are going places and will be a one someday. Or they could be going in the opposite direction. Could be an attorney who's slowing down. Still knows a lot of people, but not yet retired. And then, of course, you've got three. And a three is somebody that's got a little practice. It doesn't really want to do much. Doesn't really want to do anything. Not the most exciting person. Maybe they're moving toward retirement. Or they're a new person in practice that you just don't know that's even going to make it. Okay, Those, again... It, Doing it in that kind of method can help you make sure that you're not spending the same amount of energy out focusing on someone who isn't going to have the ability to deliver as much as you think they would. Although, I will tell you, it's sometimes surprising. I mean, you can have a kid that just got out of law school that doesn't know jack squat, that all of a sudden someone walks into their door, a friend from college or wherever it may be, and all of a sudden, that person needs help. And out of the blue, they've got the potential to refer you a multi, multi-million dollar case. So set yourself up a schedule so you can come back to them. And again, sending them a brochure of your firm, articles that they're interested in. Like I said, a good real, a, a real resource, a newsletter of some type that you might send them every so often is great. And again, just touching base with them. And, and here now is a wonderful thing that really solidifies your relationship. When and if you have the ability to make a referral to them, make that referral and then text them the name of the person and what you're up to. And that person may never call them. They may call them and it may not work out. But you know what? You have solidified yourself as someone who's trying at least to help them. And that goes a heck of a long way in making things better for you, better for them, and you're so much more than anybody else that they've run into. I'm telling you, if you will attempt this system, if you'll spend the time once a week or for many days in a row doing a few a day, you're going to find more and more and more that you're going to develop all sorts of attorneys, all sorts of resources and offices that are going to be out there working for you, working with you. And again, when you do have that ability and somebody refers something over to you, this is when you've got to lock it in. When you actually do get a good criminal case, when you do get a good personal injury case, call that person back up. Thank them effusively for sending that person over to you. And the bigger the case, the nicer a thing you should do as a follow-up. Maybe you send that person a, uh, a, a, a bottle of wine. Maybe you send them a bottle of their best whiskey. Maybe you send them basketball tickets to their favorite game. Whatever it is that's going to help you show the kind of thanks that 
is proper for the trust that they put in you is so important. Now, two last things. Holidays are wonderful times always for you to remember the potential referral sources and to have them remember you in a very pleasant way that probably nobody else will be doing. You've got holidays every single month that you can send out a card on. Of course you've got Christmas. Of course you've got New Year's. You have this person's birthday every year. And again, the better referral source for you, the better a present you give them. You've got, I mean, you've, you've got holidays every month. You can come up with a whole spate. You know, you can come up with a whole lot more than 12 a year, but at least once a month, having them reminded of who you are. Hey, who's this Tom Goldsby? Oh, yeah, that's the guy who does the criminal defense and the personal injury. That's the fellow who referred me those three cases last year. You know, good fella. He's a good guy. All of a sudden, you just keep sending things. You keep reminding them. And again, you can send an email with birthday wishes, but, you know, follow that up, too, with a card. You can also go to their Facebook and their Twitter and, and wish them happy birthday and LinkedIn and all the other things. But the stuff that really stands out are the things that are tangible, that arrive in the mail. You know, a birthday card, a Christmas card, a New Year's card, a Halloween card, an Easter, Hanukkah, I mean, you know, Passover, whatever it is, uh, again, and again, maybe you want to keep just the holidays secular, whatever you want to do, and a season's greeting around the holidays, whatever. But I'm just saying, reach out and touch those folks. Those little things you do, those little thank yous, the follow-ups, the referrals themselves, all of that's going to add up to someone who's going to put you at the top of their list when that case comes in. And it could be like those two people I told you about. In fact, I'd referred to, to the one fella, like I said, for about eight years, dozens and dozens of cases, and it never got anything. And then one day, $50,000 payoff. Amazing. Amazing. So please start this. Maximize your best source of referrals, and that's other attorneys. And the only way you're going to do that is planning your work and working your plan and remembering that people refer cases to folks they like and they know and they trust. I always appreciate you joining me for Mastering Law. It's a lot of fun to share these ideas with you. Please be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Sign up for our newsletter. We're happy to help you in any and every way we can. If you need help consulting on some matter that is difficult for you when it comes to your practice management, your advertising, your rainmaking, whatever it might be, let us hear from you. We appreciate it so much. I'm Tom Goolsby for Mastering Law, the podcast. MasteringLaw.com.